Welcome to Sunday Morning Live Fellowship, led by Pastor Denise Suttles. You are listening to our live Sunday Morning Fellowship. Now turn with me, please, to Exodus chapter 6, verses 6 through 9. Exodus chapter 6, verses 6 through 9. While you are finding our scripture, we're going to ask that our technician will mute everyone, please. While you're finding our scripture text this morning, let me ask you this. Have you ever walked through a situation in life that left you wondering why God would allow you to experience the hurt, pain, or even discouragement that resulted? There is no doubt that some challenges in life are the result of our own poor choices. But for every believer, the reality is that we will walk through hardship and we will experience pain that is no fault of our own. Every individual God uses mightily throughout the Bible went through seasons of hardship. Moses had to flee his family because the Egyptians wanted to kill him. Nothing can prepare us for the disappointing news, especially when we feel the Lord had spoken to our heart. And then the things that we thought would happen don't transpire and progress the way that we thought they would work out. Questions begin to fill our minds, such as, did we really hear from God? Will I be able to get through this? Where do we go from here, beloved? Regardless of what you're walking through today or what challenges are ahead, the Lord wants us to know when we're walking through difficult days, His promises to us have not changed. When you run from God in seasons of trouble, all you're left with is your own limited ability to cope with what you're walking through. But on the other hand, God invites us to draw near to him that we might experience his peace healing, and closeness. And this is what our scripture points us to. Let's go to our scripture, Exodus chapter 6, verses 6 through 9, verse 6. Say therefore to the sons of Israel, I am the Lord and I will bring you out from under the labors of the Egyptians. And I will rescue you from their bondage. I will also redeem you with an outstretched arm and with great judgments. Then I will take you as my people. 
and I will be your God and you shall know that I am the Lord your God who brought you out from under the labors of the Egyptians. I will bring you to the land which I swore to give to Abraham, Isaac and Jacob. And I will give it to you as a possession. I am the Lord. So Moses said this to the sons of Israel. But they did not listen to Moses on account of their despondency and cruel bondage. Heavenly Father, we thank you for surprisingly not a surprise to you and it's a shame that it's a surprise to us just how you showed up today give us oh god a walk of faith that makes you tangible no matter what we're going through and what comes our way now god we pray for all the prayer requests that we mentioned today we lift up, oh God, those that are going through trials and tribulation, those that have suffered loss, those that are going through physical difficulties, those, oh God, that have experienced things that have them overwhelmed. God, we pray. We pray for the family of the perpetrator. We pray, oh God, for the family of the victim. God, we leave it in your hands. And Father, we pray that your spirit would lead us and guide us. Now, God, we pray for your servant. Mm. Let it be all of you and none of me. Lift, oh God, the heavy heart. Let your anointing bring clarity and revelation. We thank you and receive it in the name of Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen. Verse number nine. So Moses said this to the sons of Israel, but they did not listen to Moses on account of their despondency and cruel bondage. I would like to use for a topic this morning, God will not let you down. He will deliver you. God will not let you down. He will deliver you. Deep discouragement. Woo, even discouragement with God. This is the background to Moses' grievance against the Almighty. Moses complains bitterly to the Lord that the Lord has mistreated his people. Oh, my God. In summary, Moses charges God. Exodus 5 and 23, you hear Moses saying, you have done nothing at all to deliver your people. Oh my God. How many know that sometimes in the midst of discouragement, it's hard to see the blessings of God. And this is the same Moses that spoke with God through the burning bush. 
and receive direct orders from the very voice of God to go tell Pharaoh, let my people go. In fact, notice all the times and ways that God has identified as their covenant in this sixth chapter of Exodus. Verse five, I have remembered my covenant. Verse six, I am the Lord and I will bring you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians. Verse six, I will deliver you from their bondage. I will also redeem you with an outstretched arm and with great judgments. Verse seven, then I will take you for my people. I will be your God. You shall know that I am the Lord, your God, who brought you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians. Verse eight, I will bring you to the land which I swore to give Abraham, Isaac and Jacob. I will give it to you for a possession. I am the Lord. These are 10 distinct statements. God identified himself to Moses in unique ways and affirmed his promises to the nation of Israel. And all those declarations are summed up and reminded and repeated from what God told Moses at the burning bush, I am that I am. I am the Lord. God told Moses, tell this to the sons of Israel. Moses did tell the people in verse nine. Now you would think that such a word from the Lord would bring encouragement and hope to the people. You would think there would have been rejoicing and gratitude and celebration. The word Moses spoke was God is the Lord and he is our Lord and he will save us. But Israel is so crushed and oppressed by Pharaoh that they don't believe that the Lord is really going to deliver them. Verse nine, they could not hear the word of the Lord from Moses on account of their despondency and cruel bondage. This word despondency is more literally, it means a short spirit or an impatient spirit. It came from a word that reflected inability, powerlessness, decline, listlessness. When short was used in combination with another word like spirit as it is here, it means distress, anxiety of spirit, impatience, anger, or despondency. Beloved, whatever has you in bondage today, God is still the deliverer of his hurting people. I know I'm right. Psalm 18 and 2 says, 
The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer, my God, my rock in whom I take refuge, my shield and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. See, deliverance is the major theme of the book of Exodus. Not only Exodus, but Jesus Christ is our deliverer. Colossians 1 and 13 says he has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of his beloved son. Have you ever been at a place where you hurt so much you don't think that you can ever be delivered? You wonder how is God going to get me out of this? You may even feel like your hope and your trust in God has been betrayed when things don't go the way that you expected them to go. And you were unable to reconcile the seemingly contradiction from the way you thought things were supposed to go and the way that things went. In other words, we place certain expectations. We place certain expectations on God. And when God does not meet our expectations, we feel as though God has failed us. We see God through the lens of our impatience. We think that if God has promised to act, he should act right now when I think he should. As if God's whole universe orbits around my personal timetable. Beloved, when we find ourselves most disappointed with life, it's not because something in life has failed us. Rather, our expectation of what life ought to be has failed us. The Israelites' trust and hope in God has been crushed by Pharaoh. And the Bible says in verse six and one, but the Lord said to Moses, now, now you shall see what I will do to Pharaoh. For with a strong hand, he will send them out. Beloved, we can't see the big picture. When we struggle to connect God's truth with life, we must embrace the limitation of our own understanding. I'm going to say that again. When we struggle to connect God's truth with life, we must embrace our short-sightedness. We must embrace the limitations of our own understanding. Just the fact that we don't understand because of our inability to understand what God is doing, that should be the main time that we worship God. We should worship God when we don't understand rather than doubt. Worship 
not doubt. I don't understand. Hallelujah. I don't understand. Praise God. Anyhow, I don't know how this is going to work out. Bless the Lord. Oh, my soul and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. When we don't understand should be the main time that we run to praise. I don't understand. My praise is trust in God's promises. So what do you do when all you have is a promise from God? The question is, will you allow the waiting for the fulfillment of the promise to develop you or discourage you? Will we resist the tendency to push God to the side and go against his plan for us? God wants us to learn how to follow him and put down our demanding selves. And how does God help us put down our demanding selves? He makes us wait. Mm. The uncomfortable, sometimes painful state of waiting, waiting on God. But it's one of God's most powerful tools of deliverance. Our natural response to waiting is often anger and doubt. Fortunately, God is gracious, merciful and understanding of our tendencies. But we must decide where, we have to decide where we are going to allow our emotions to take us. We can decide to exalt the feeling of discouragement by taking matters into our own hands or we can make an idol out of what we're waiting for. In other words, we idolize, we put all of our attention on the trouble. Have you ever made an idol out of what you're waiting for God to do? Every passing day that God doesn't do what you think he should do is another log on the fire of your bitterness. Another log on the fire of impatience, ingratitude, and maybe even resentment against God who won't give me what I want when I want it. We have spiritual temper tantrums. God invites us during this time of waiting to trust That he is still good right now in the midst of whatever we're going through. And his faithfulness endures into our future. And now we see the children of Israel faced with even a more difficult situation than when they began. Mm. It's hard to imagine something even worse than the oppression of genocide. It's hard to imagine something even worse than the oppression 
of slavery. Mm. But the new measures Pharaoh put on the children of Israel are even harsher. The children of Israel literally are scattered across Egypt looking for straw to make bricks, but they cannot keep up Pharaoh's quota and Pharaoh rewards their failure with beatings, beating them. The Israelites start to doubt whether God is ever going to deliver them. God's response to Moses's fear and frustration is now. Exodus 6 in 1. How many of you today need a now? But the Lord said to Moses, now you shall see what I will do to Pharaoh. Uh, Somebody's going through something right now. And I hear God saying to you now. Now, I will do to Pharaoh with a strong hand. He will send them out with a strong hand. He will drive them out with his hand. Up to this point, God has given no timeline when this will happen. It was only a promise. Some of you have been holding on to a word, holding on to a promise, but I hear God seen now. Uh, God is a present reality. How many know that now faith is the substance of things not seen? In other words, faith literally apprehends the goodness and the faithfulness of what God promises so clearly that his goodness is the substance presence um, that's in my faith. In other words, your faith literally grasp and lay hold of God's preciousness so firmly that literally my faith itself, in my faith itself, there is the substance of what God promised. I'm being crushed, but my faith brings the substance of the promise in the midst of the problem. Hallelujah. Listen to me. Faith. Faith does not create what we hope for. There we go again, trying to boss God. No, faith does not boss God, beloved. Faith is an organ that precedes tasting and sensing the beauty and the goodness of what God has promised. Especially faith senses the fellowship we have with God and brings joy from his presence even while we are being crushed. In other words, God is with us and that's enough. And the Bible says now. Now you shall see what I will do to Pharaoh. 
<laughs> For with a strong hand, he will send them out. And with a strong hand, he will drive them out of his land. We must believe that God is in control of our universe, even when it looks like nothing is happening. Beloved, to think that God is doing nothing, to think that God is sitting back and not involved is a sin. We need to rediscover the knowledge that God is doing something right now. And so it was, the Lord encourages Moses by telling him, the deliverance you and Israel don't believe in, they didn't believe it. Mm. I am beginning right now. <laughs> even in the midst of their doubt, even in the midst of arguing with God, he still will complete the work that he began. But Moses said to the Lord, behold, the people of Israel, they, they have not listened to me. How is Pharaoh going to listen to me? The people are brokenhearted and oppressed. The hard labor has so oppressed and exhaust, exhausted them that they have lost their hope. They do not believe that God can actually deliver them. They are exhausted. They are burned out. They are overwhelmed and oppressed that they can't see how God, they cannot see that God is bigger than Pharaoh. Beloved, have you ever come to a place in your life where your faith in God was diminished? by your personal suffering, especially ongoing suffering that just does not end. Our faith is often diminished by hardship because our emotions play such a powerful part in most of our thinking and our thinking can become increasingly negative when any sort of pain is ongoing and yelling at us, our pain is yelling at us. What did your pain say to you? The people were overcome by impatience for deliverance because it had been going on so long. But even in spite of harsh slavery, God is still the deliverer. Israel needs to look to. Here is what God promised. I will bring you out. I will deliver you. I will redeem you. The now of Exodus 6 begins their deliverance. But do you see it? God told Moses in Exodus 3, my name is I am who I am. Do you see the God of the now? God is ever present even while you are waiting. We see we desire God to move in a certain way. We feel that God 
simply cannot be in control when he does not move the way that we think he should. We feel that he should do what we desire, what we feel. And just because you have expectations on God, just because you have certain desires about God does not diminish God being the great I am. We need to humbly enter into God's presence uh, and put an end to my opinion and everyone else's opinion of who God is and know that even though we are crushed and broken does not change who God is. In other words, the answer to the broken and crushed spirit is God. God is saying, I am here. I am with you. I am the answer. The answer to Pharaoh's defiant voice was the word and the promises of God. We can kind of understand why Israel is crushed and brokenhearted. We we can understand why Israel might struggle with believing the promises of God, but the answer still does not change. The answer is still God. When God proposes to do a thing, it simply cannot be stopped by any power in the universe. Whether you doubt or believe God, the answer is still the same. The answer to their struggle is God, their deliverer. God is the only deliverer we need. So what do we need to learn about God that we did not know before? We need to learn that God, as part of his character, is concerned about And has compassion on those that are hurting, oppressed, and brokenhearted. And that God delivers us from the trial that we face right now. I know I'm right. Psalms 18, 1 and 2 says, I love you, O Lord, my strength. The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer. My God, my rock in whom I take refuge, my shield and the horn of my salvation. Psalms 34 and 17, when the righteous cry for help, the Lord hears and delivers them out of all their troubles. God is saying, your deliverance is in me, the great I am, not the changing of your circumstances. It does not matter how hard and how long you've been going through, we are secure in God. He is greater than Pharaoh and his character is deliverance. He is greater than the forces of this world and they There is no need to fear. God is saying, rest in me because now I am beginning the work. I'm almost through, but someone is saying, the task just got harder 
and the pain is ongoing. The pain is increasing. When the trial is greater, our praise should be greater still because God is sovereign. If your circumstances are so tight right now that you cannot move, God always leaves you room to worship him. And when we worship him, your circumstances might be tight, but when we worship him, he expands us. The enemy tried to hem you in, but God is expanding you right now. Your task just got harder. You feel the pain of being crushed, but God is expanding you right now. I'm not even praying for God to enlarge my territory because God has enlarged me with his glory. The children of Israel knew God as almighty God. They knew him as God strong and mighty and sovereign. Um, What they did not know is God was also sovereign deliverer. The name I am implies that God has all the might he needs to do anything he wants to do, and he cannot be stopped from doing what he planned to do. The deliverance of God's people is not being free from suffering and death, but because we are victors over ultimate defeat. What does that mean? God did not exercise his power to deliver Jesus from the cross, but the father did the greater work and raised him from the dead so that he could conquer death for all by his own death. And God is not necessarily going to deliver you and me from tribulation. That is not in his plan. Whatever God's plan is for us, it is for my good and for his glory. But he will not let us suffer ultimate defeat. We need to say with the apostle Paul, for thy sake, we are being killed all the day long. We are regarded as sheep to be slaughtered. No, In all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am sure that neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities nor things present nor things to come nor power nor height nor depth nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God. Hallelujah. Beloved, we have an eternal, unshakable refuge in the everlasting glory of God. No matter what happens on this earth, nothing but what he ordains can happen to us. 
if we would just believe this, how humble and powerful we would become for the saving purposes of God. In other words, God is depending on his people to declare to the world that he is our deliverance. Ephesians 1 and 19, and what is the boundless greatness of his power toward us who believe? These are in accordance with the working of the strength of his might. I invite you today to accept the terms of God's covenant of grace. Turn from sin and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ as your deliverer. When you see only impossibilities in your life and all your ways are hedged up, God is still God who saves to the uttermost. He hears the needy when they cry. He is the God who saves through his son, Jesus Christ. In our daily lives, the Lord may lead us into impossible situations to display to the world his great power to deliver and meet every need. God bless you, beloved. If you have not received Jesus Christ, our deliverer, he delivered us from sin and death. We all are going to die someday, but it will not be ultimate defeat. You must receive Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior and receive eternal life, our deliverance from eternal death. If you're ready to do that, to make that decision, Pray this prayer with me. Say, Lord Jesus, I admit that I am a sinner. I have done many things that don't please you. I have lived my life only for myself. I am sorry and I repent. I ask you to forgive me. I believe that you died on the cross for me to save me. You did what I could not do for myself. I come to you now and ask you to take control of my life. I give it to you from this day forward. Help me to live every day in a way that pleases you. If you prayed that simple prayer with me, please feel free to contact me at 231-349-1046. So I can discuss with you the first steps of salvation. God bless you, beloved.